text for the message this morning is Exodus chapter 12, verses 37 to 42, and then chapter 13, verse 17 to the end of chapter 15. It's a long text. The story, however, is very well known, and several of the themes in this passage have already been worked out more fully as we were preaching, as we were hearing God's word in this series on Exodus. The message itself will highlight the key details of this passage, so it's good to keep your Bible open as we also hear the proclamation of the gospel. Exodus 12, starting at verse 37, so you'll remember this is after the people just left, after the tenth plague, the Exodus, they plundered the Egyptians, and then we read in Exodus 12, verse 37, page 54, the word of God. And the people of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Succoth, about 600,000 men on foot, besides women and children. A mixed multitude also went up with them, and very much livestock, both flocks and herds. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough they had brought out of Egypt, for it was not leavened, because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared any provisions for themselves. The time that the people of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of 430 years, on that very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It was a night of watching by the Lord to bring them out of the land of Egypt. So the same night is a night of watching kept to the Lord by all the people of Israel throughout their generations. We read of the feasts again that we looked at previously, the Passover and the unleavened bread with some further instructions in chapter 13, verse 17. We continue our reading. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Succoth and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pi-Hahiroth, between Migdol and the sea, in front of Baal-Zephon. You shall encamp facing it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the people of Israel, They are wandering in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed toward the people. And they said, What is this we have done that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his army with him, and took six hundred chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt, with officers over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel, while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them, 
all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army and overtook them and camped at the sea by Pi-Hahiroth in front of Baal-Zephon. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness, and it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, And the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And in the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire And of cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen. Of all the hosts of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea, not one of them remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power of the Lord used against the Egyptians, so the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. 
the horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war, the Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea, and his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The floods stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples have heard. They tremble. Pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall among them because of the greatness of your arm. They are still as a stone, till your people, O Lord, pass by, till the people pass by whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. For when the horses of Pharaoh with his chariots and his horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them, but the people of Israel walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea. Then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines and dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Exodus 12, verse 42, explains that the night of the Exodus was a night of watching by the Lord, which was commemorated by the people of Israel throughout their generations. The Lord God Almighty was watching as about 600,000 men on foot, besides women and children of the Israelites, Together with a mixed multitude and very much livestock, they rushed out of Egypt, journeying from Ram Ramesses to Succoth on the very day the Lord had promised to Abraham to deliver them. Besides the Israelites, we read there was a mixed multitude of non-Israelites, perhaps from Egypt or other enslaved countries. 
for which special instructions about their participation in the Passover had been given. Chapter 12, verses 43 to 49. As we read this, we get the picture of the Lord in heaven reaching down and, and ushering his people out of slavery like a shepherd might usher his sheep from the control of enemies to lead them through more harsh territory as they made their way to the Lord's own mountain to worship him. The Lord revealed his care and love for his people for he was present with them in the pillar of cloud that we read about in chapter 13. Verses 21 and 22, he was going before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Psalm 105 verse 39 further explains that the cloud was spread over them like a covering. And we can picture a pillar whose, whose width at the base was sufficient to shade Israel from the heat of the sun during the day. That's explaining what we sang in Psalm 121. Reminding us of the Lord's revelation to Moses in the burning bush, Exodus 14, verse 19 and 20, verses 20 and following, reveal that the people understood that there was a close connection between the guiding pillar of cloud that they could see, the Lord himself in heaven, and the angel of God, also called the angel of his presence in Isaiah 63. This reference to the active involvement of the second person of the Trinity in the Exodus is further confirmed when we read Jude 5 which tells us that Jesus saved a people out of the land of Egypt. Paul also talks about Christ Jesus' nearness to the people of Israel in the desert when he taught how the covenant people of God were distinguished from the rest of the world by being under the cloud. Being under the cloud is being in the place where the triune God gives his covenant promises to believers and their children. And I preach to us, the church, as those under the cloud of God, under this theme, the Lord reveals himself to us in the pillar of cloud and fire. We'll see that he leads his church, he protects his church, and he makes his church sing. The Holy Spirit is very clear as we're reading through this, that the Lord himself was leading his people out of Egypt after that night of watching. Even the route that was taken has a theological purpose that the Lord uses to teach the church about themselves and about his own glorious name. We read that the easy way out of Egypt would have taken the Israelites straight northeast by way of the land of the Philistines, which for that was near, but instead God led them around the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. He took them back, we read in chapter 14, verses 1 and 2. And although there's a lot of debate about exactly where Israel went in this Exodus journey, due to the difficulty identifying 
The place is mentioned in our text with modern-day landmarks. The main point is that the Holy Spirit wants us to know is that the Israelites were led by God to take the long way to the Promised Land. Now with nearly two million people en route, you can imagine the number of questions and complaints that would arise. Why don't we go the fastest way? Why would we go away from the food sources and into the wilderness? Aren't we heading directly to the sea? Why would we take the most difficult route? What is God doing? And although he often doesn't explain his reasons for setting us on the more difficult path, in this case, the Lord explained to Moses that he knew that just seeing war could make the Israelites change their minds. Their spirit might be willing, and they might have been confident in their own abilities and their conviction, but the Lord knew at this time their flesh was still weak. They might have been equipped for battle, like we read in chapter 3, verse 18, but their hearts were not yet in it because they had not yet learned to completely trust in the Lord for his protection in the wilderness. God showed us this to teach us that when he in his wisdom doesn't take us, doesn't lead us in what we think is the easiest path, we can always be assured that the path he leads us on is the best one for us. Because the Lord does it for his glory and for the well-being of his church. And maybe today we can think of that. We think of the easiest solution. We could say, well, why don't they just lift all the mandates and restore peace? And then we realize, well, God has a plan in this emergency act, the long way around the strife that our nation is facing. And brothers and sisters, let us trust in the Lord alone who revealed himself in the pillar of cloud and fire, even when he takes us into places that cause us to be afraid. When God gets glory for his name, it's for our good. The Lord led the people day and night in the pillar of cloud and fire on a journey through the wilderness that made it look to Pharaoh as if the people of Israel had gotten lost. The trap was so well done that even the people of Israel who knew the promise of the Lord to reveal his name by getting glory over Pharaoh, which he repeated many times, even those people who knew experienced a deep fear in their hearts. The people's cries that moved from sarcastic comments about not having enough graves in Egypt to blaming Moses for bringing them out of Egypt to the statement that it would have been better to just keep serving the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. All these comments revealed how much the people needed to find themselves trapped by the Red Sea. As Psalm 106 verse 7 explains, the people rebelled because they were not considering the Lord's wonderful works that they had just seen in the ten plagues. And they didn't remember the abundance of the steadfast love which was so clearly being revealed to them as the Lord was in their midst in a pillar of cloud and fire. They had to learn that their fears in the wilderness by the Red Sea 
were irrational fears because the Lord Almighty was with them. Just like we sometimes have to hit rock bottom so that we learn that our fear of people or even our fear of death is an irrational fear because but we are in the almighty hands of God, the sovereign God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This lesson in the desert for the church was also a trap for the Egyptians, who we read they came in full force to crush Israel, God's firstborn son. Pharaoh hadn't paid any attention to the Lord's glorious revelation of his name and proving that his previous requests for forgiveness and, and a blessing were nothing more than lies. Pharaoh refused to submit to the creator of heaven and earth. And his attack on the firstborn son of God, Israel, was doomed to fail as all attacks on God and his people will always be. God's destruction of Pharaoh and his host remind us of how the devil and his forces conspired together against God's anointed son, Jesus Christ, that we'll sing about later in Psalm 2. Just as Pharaoh's anger turned out to serve God's plan to get glory for his own name, and brought about his own downfall. So also Satan's work to kill Christ ended up serving the purpose of his incarnation and the glory of God so that Satan's own head would be crushed as God had promised. The Lord reveals himself from the pillar of cloud and fire by leading his people in the way that brought glory to his own name. And he had the well-being of his church in mind when he led them the, the long way around. For he wanted them to learn to depend on him completely for everything. And when you are afraid, when you are experiencing fears, it's really good, it's good to ask yourself, am I afraid with good reason because I am living in rebellion against the mighty creator of heaven and earth who punishes those who do not repent? Or do I actually have no reason to be afraid because I am in the hands of that sovereign Lord who brought you to this place for a very good reason? For if the Lord is on your side and you are with him, even while you might be trapped at the edge of the Red Sea in your emergency, you can be sure that everything will turn out to the glory of God, which is turning out for your own good. Then you too can take comfort in the words of Moses, the mediator to God's people, who said in Exodus 14, verses 13 and 14. He said, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Your enemies 
won't be in the kingdom of heaven, says the mediator. You only have to be silent, for the attempts of God's enemies against him will fail in the end. And whether we keep on living through the hardship or if we have to die to be raised to new life with him, Hebrews says that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is with you like the pillar of cloud was with Israel in the desert. And he protects his church. We read that the Lord told the Israelites in chapter 14, verse 15, he says to the Israelites to not to fear, but to move forward, heading into the passageway that the Lord promised to make through the Red Sea. And when Moses lifted up his staff and stretched out his hand over the sea to divide it, a strong east wind that the people described in their song as a blast from the nostrils of the Lord, it divided the sea leaving a path of dry ground on the bottom of the sea with two walls of suspended water on either side. And taking the number of Israelites seriously in the limited time of the one at night uh, that they had for crossing, we should probably picture a, a passageway, a wide expanse, maybe 500 meters wide, dry land opening up as a passageway between the walls of water. But while the dry land, while the, dry, uh, while the Israelites received this red carpet treatment of, of heroes leaving slavery and, and going to be with the Lord, with the sea towering beside them, the enemies saw a very different, had a, they had a very different experience. Pillar of cloud and fire that revealed the nearness of the Lord to his people also served as the headquarters of the Lord in his attack on their enemies. We read that the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel went and moved behind them so that there was cloud and darkness over all the Egyptians on one side but light on the Israelite side that lasted through the night. And then the Lord who was looking down from on high, from the pillar of cloud and fire, he did three things to destroy his enemies. First, we read, he threw the Egyptians into a panic during the morning watch so that they ended up fleeing away from the Israelites. Then, whether it was by softening the ground at the bottom of the sea again, or by interfering with the rotation of the wheels on the axle, we read that he clogged their wheels so that they drove heavily. And finally, we read that he threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea, even while they were fleeing away toward the retreating water away from the Israelites. And in their song, the Israelites made it very clear that the Lord literally lifted up the, the retreating armies and, and he cast them, he, he threw them into the returning waters so that they weren't just covered while their wheels were stuck in the sea bottom, but they were thrown. We read they went down into the depths like a stone and they were sunk. In fact, seeing that this part of the song is the part that Aaron's sister Miriam the prophetess repeated 
Like we read at the very end of the, the song of Moses, the end of or 15 verses uh, 20, verse 21, it would seem that this throwing of the army into the sea, that was what was standing out for the Israelites. It stood out for them as a, a clear sign. The Egyptians didn't just die as a result of some unfortunate circumstances, but the Lord was actively punishing them. He was throwing them into their, to their death, and he alone was to be praised for the glorious victory. The Lord revealed himself and the pillar of cloud and fire to be a God who is with his people, like we sang in Psalm 139, hemming us in from before and behind in order to protect us, in order that he might lead us again to worship him. And standing on the other side of the Red Sea, we can picture the Israelites looking back at the water, seeing it clearly. All God's enemies lay dead in the water, and not one of Pharaoh's host remained. But they would live to serve God another day. It makes us realize, as the Israelites would later sing, the Lord is a man of war. He is a soldier who is praised in the Psalms for going out from Zion in glory to defeat his enemies. The end of the Song of Moses and the Israelite talks about how the love of God for his people and his powerful protection of his church, it causes trembling, pangs, terror and dread for all his and our enemies. And there was a list of Philistia and Moab and Edom in the song. The songs of triumph that we read together in Isaiah 12 and Revelation 15 are in the context of the Lord's complete destruction of all the worldly powers and rebels who fight against him. It shows us today how urgent we must be to share the gospel of the Son of God who bore that real anger and punishment against sin for everyone who believes in him. We do not have to die under the anger and the punishment of God, for he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And we now respond singing the urgent warnings of Psalm 2 that we'll sing together. And the good news is that that same pillar of cloud that brought darkness and panic and confusion and dread and death to God's enemies also gave light and direction and passage and life and singing to those who put their trust in the Lord and believed. The passage through the Red Sea is closely connected to the exodus from the slavery of Egypt and illustrates for us the experience of a sinner who is converted, who crosses over from death to life, as our Lord Jesus said in John 5, verse 24. Like the Israelites who were rescued from Egypt, sinners are rescued from their slavery to sin by the grace of God. Like the Israelites in that journey from Ramesses to Succoth to the Red Sea were still very weak and, and doubting. Recent converts may experience that period of adjusting to their new life and getting used to a gracious master. And they are in a stage where they are vulnerable to changing their minds and 
prone to give too much credit to the power of the evil one and the grasping hands of their former life. And then, like the Israelites who passed through the water of the Red Sea that God opened up for them by by his own grace, so also converted sinners crucify their old self with Christ as they die with him in baptism so that they might be set free from sin, so that they might be raised to a new life, to eternal life with him, and that they might never die again. In the Belgic Confession, Article 34, we confess that the blood of the Son of God, signified and sealed to us in the water of holy baptism, is our Red Sea through which we must pass to escape the tyranny of Pharaoh that is the devil and enter into the spiritual land of Canaan. It's a very hopeful and a very memorable picture for everyone who who stands up and publicly professes their faith in Jesus Christ. Coming up out of the water, saved from God's wrath because of his grace, Saved to live another day, our hearts are overflowing with thanksgiving. And this song remains with us as we continue in our lives through more wilderness, being guided by God's word in our fight against sin until we finally reach the promised land. We'll see how the Lord makes us sing. We read in the end of chapter 14 and the beginning of chapter 15, that when the Israelites saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians, they feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. Their song, as we read together, recounts the mighty deeds the Lord had done. For God's amazing work is the reason for Our joy. We find our joy, our happiness in God, first of all, by each rejoicing in the Lord as my strength and my song and my salvation. The individual believers made it clear that their unity in in the faith was found in their faith in the one true God and Father of us all. The common Faith in the only Lord who is majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders. That continues to be the the meeting point of all believers, the, the point of our unity. These are the words that were sung whenever the people of Israel celebrated the Passover in the Old Testament. And and every other time they sang Psalm 118, verse 14, which was the display text today as we walked in. Isaiah 12 speaks of the day in the future when God's people would return from exile in Assyria, just as they had come up from the land of Egypt. And once again they would sing, Behold! God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the, lo- for, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. And by singing this psalm again today, as, as we will do, we are continuing to respond with joy to the Lord our God, 
whose right hand is so glorious in power and great majesty that shatters the enemy. And when Jesus Christ, the root of Jesse, stands up as a banner for all the nations as they, as they come to him, and the day comes when they shall neither hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, then the Lord's people will sing the old song that will also serve as our new song, the song of the church forever and ever. We'll sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb that we read in Revelation 15. Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you for your righteous acts have been revealed. And brothers and sisters, as we consider the amazing work of God in our hearts and in our lives, and we see how Jesus Christ has set us free from slavery to sin forever and ever, we join in with the Israelites so many years before as they stood on the seashore and we too may, may sing the words of Exodus 15, 13, and 17, verse 13. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. And looking back to the cross, kind of like the Israelites who look back to the water, we sing about how God purchased his firstborn church through the redeeming death of his son, Jesus Christ. And looking forward to our Christian life, like the Israelites who, who turned their eyes toward the, the holy mountain with the wilderness in front of it, where God said that he would meet with them. And the promised land beyond, where we sing with confidence how the Lord will grant us what we need to worship him until we finally reach our final destination, where he will dwell with us forever and ever. The love of our triune God who redeems us for himself. That love makes us sing. And what better way to spend time with the Lord than singing the songs that he has given us to sing. The journey that the Lord leads us on may be longer and more difficult than we were expecting and hoping for. The relentless attacks of our sworn enemies may wear us out, but as the Lord revealed in the pillar of cloud and fire, he is present with us always to lead us, to protect us, and to make us sing. Amen.